It's that time again. It's time for The Brazen Truth, the podcast where we talk about morality, sexuality, and spirituality according to the Bible. I'm Tiffany Cater, and today you guys are in for a special treat. I have my very good friend Ashley Zertucci here in the house today, and we're going to be talking about what happens when you run from your purpose. What happens when you run from your purpose? I'll give you a hint. It's not good, okay? You don't want to run from the purpose and the plan that God has for you. I can't wait to get into this, so let's go ahead and get into it. this that's good okay ashley uh zertucci she also wrote i I left this out of the introduction Mm -hmm. on purpose but she um wrote a book called welcome to the family and the book is on evangelism and just the heart of the church towards um you know the people in the church the bride of christ Mm -hmm. and it was a really good book i read it i was one of the first to have the privilege of reading it and it was a really good book so i definitely recommend it do you want to um let everyone know where they can find it um, yeah. Thank you, Tiffany. You're welcome. You can find my book on Amazon. And uh, yeah, that's all. Okay. <laughs> for or now, if you see me in person, I got a whole bunch at home. Soon to come to Barnes & Noble. So <laughs> so anyways, like when I first started doing podcasts, mm-hmm. you were like right there, the top of my list for one of the people that I had to do a podcast with. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a woman who I admire. You're a woman with a lot of different experiences and points of view, not all of which I agree with, mm-hmm. but all of which I definitely respect because I respect you as a person. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you all, you're you also one of those people who can have a conversation with someone who isn't necessarily 100% on the same page as you and love them. Like, that's not easy to do in today's world. You know, that's you're nice. either for me or against me. But that's not always the case in a family, right? Right, right. No, it's like, uh, I guess I, I want to blame it on life experiences that you just know that people are just complicated and it's not always fair to just, I don't know, like it's not yeah. always fair to just, you know, cut people out or just like Write them box off. them, you know, because of a point of view or an opinion because we're way more complex than that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And like perspective changes someone's reality. Like, you know, I hate the term your truth. I hate that because there's only one truth, Mm -hmm. but God is the truth and he sees everyone's perspective. Mm -hmm. He sees it from way up there Mm -hmm. and, you know, he sees stuff we could never see here. Mm -hmm. Like those paintings that if you look real close, you have no idea what it is. Mm -hmm. That's most of us walking throughout our entire lives. No matter how much you know, no matter how Mm -hmm. much you've lived, you've Mm -hmm. only lived your portion of life. So that's what you're doing, you know? So when you step back and see God's point of view, you could find out you were wrong about all the things you knew you were right about. And it don't even take God's point of view. It takes your point of view. It takes someone else's point of view to point out how much we just don't know and that our own experiences only shape what we know and understand. This is why we need each other, why people's perspectives come into right. play. Yeah. And if, if your perspective is the only truth that you'll accept and acknowledge, oh. mm-hmm. then you're living a lie too. Because, right. you know, everyone lives a different life. Everyone walks a different path. And you can't write those people off and yeah. just assume that you know it all. Like, mm-hmm. and I've learned that. <laughs> like, I've, I've gone back and, you know, I, I say back and I feel like I'm making it sound like it's years ago. No, back like weeks ago. <laughs> 
and be like, wow, that was my opinion. Really? Um, that's interesting. And the, be- the beautiful thing is that anytime we can change our opinion about something, nothing is set in stone ever, you know? But right. it takes a, a level of like humility to come to that, you know? But it also just the wisdom that we don't know everything, you know? There's, yeah. a, whole, there's a book. I, I downloaded it. I can't remember what it was called. Right. Being Wrong. Yes. The, the pos- oh, that's the name of the book? Yeah. Being mm-hmm. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, who is it by? Uh, by Catherine Schultz. Hmm. I'll have to check that Schultz, one out. Yeah. I don't think I'll like that book very much. But <laughs> I don't think anybody does. But leadership. That means it's probably really good. <laughs> people in leadership say, hey, you need to read that book. You need to go read that just to put you in check. You know, That's I think awesome. it, it gives you a level of humility to know like, hey, there's a lot more going on than what we think. You know? Right. Well, and I used to like I, I kind of have prided myself on being a really good debater and arguing with people mm-hmm. until they finally just give up and say I'm right. Um, or never want to talk to me again. One of the two. And um, my son said something to me. And my son does the same exact thing. My 15-year-old does the same Wear exact thing. down. God has a way of putting a mirror in front of you so that you can see where you need to change. That's crazy. But um, he kind of told me, he's like, it, you're not listening to any of my points. That's why you supposedly win all the arguments. That's not the same as winning the arguments. It's just disregarding someone else's part of the conversation, you know? Right, right. So I've had to really um, go back and reevaluate my... Uh, approach to these conversations. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's really good. Well, today we're going to be talking about something specific. We're going to be talking about running from your purpose. And that I think is an excellent topic. I've learned this the hard way, probably five times in my life. When will I learn it um, the easy way? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> you still argue with God. She <laughs> argues with the Lord. <laughs> He's always right. Just uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. He's always right. Um, but yeah, so you want to talk to us about maybe your experiences, this revelation that's come to you and yeah, um, the whole idea of like this season I'm in of coming back into like, you know, embracing my purpose again, it's just been like a whole, like, I guess like a bigger revelation than I thought it was going to be, you know, and not just, um, just for me, but for just Christians in general, you know, mm-hmm. I think I come from the, the, the viewpoint of, um, like the wounded Christian part, you know, there's a lot of those. Oh, there's a lot. And before I became a wounded Christian, <laughs> <laughs> I always engaged and encountered wounded Christians. Like I'm a magnet for them. I could not even relate on the level or the scale of, of the pain and hurt they had experienced, you know? Right. But I'm a good listener, and I'm very empathetic and full of compassion as much as I can be. But I just knew that there was always more to the story in these people's lives. And my biggest, you know, passion is seeing people, you know, set free, restored, helping people, like, and part of, you know, the reason why I wrote my book, or I guess the perspective on my book, too, was, you know, like, hey, like, all these skills we want to learn to reach people, we got to use them on God's people first. You know, yes. it's like this, hey, all this stuff you want to do for these people and be like the best Christian in front of them, you need to be that same exact Christian to your brothers and sisters in Christ. That and so, so true. Um, and it's just like free practice all the time so that when it, when you do come across that person, you want to minister, it's second nature. Like, this is just what you do. You know, right. you're not two different people. You're not putting on a show. This is just how you treat anybody, believer or non-believer. And so um, 
always engaging people who had like this deep hurt from the church or life and where they felt like the church disappointed them and like it, even if it wasn't directly connected with church hurt you know right it would develop because the the people of God didn't show up a certain kind of way, you know, that they needed. And sometimes um, it's like kind of um, just on top of something that has already occurred. Oh, yeah. And it was like the straw that broke yeah. the camel's Or the stupid back. things we say as Christians to stupid make people, people get over stuff real quick. <laughs> and well, they are experiencing like tremendous trauma. And we like to... It's so funny because a lot of times the people that God has anointed to speak and to teach, mm -hmm. they talk all the time. So, mm -hmm. you know, a quarter of the stuff is like really good stuff that mm -hmm. God gave them to say. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it's just like, oh, please stop talking. Like, just shh. <laughs> well, I guess I can't speak for everyone, but that is for Mike in my situation, mm -hmm. you know. So, like, finding my place, finding myself in that place where um, I finally got to that point where, I mean, not finally got to that point, but... You know how you always, if you've never experienced something, you was like, what would that be like? You know, I've always had that feeling like, what would that, what would be the catalyst for me to feel like I would want to walk away from church or question or even walk away from God right. or throw away, you know, my purpose? Like, what would, what would that be like? What, what, what has to happen for in my life for that to happen. I've had a lot of things happen before, but nothing has ever shaken my faith. That's what, that's the terminology, shaking my faith. Right. Um, and so, like, experiencing something that rattled and shook and made me question everything, um, it's quite devastating. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite devastating. And, um, like, throughout the, this past year, I've really been um, digging into the story of Jonah, you know? And we all know Jonah. He's, like, this really bad prophet. A <laughs> <laughs> really bad prophet. <laughs> Little horrible, horrible prophet guy. Um, nothing's really good about him. I, in my, when I read this story, I was like, this guy is, is horrible. Like, you'd rather die. <laughs> he then, really hates these people, the Ninevites. And and there is there is a just cause for it. Apparently, like this these Ninevites, you know, the Assyrian king or whoever he was, are responsible for like killing ten of the tribes of Judah. Wow. Okay. And so like I can understand the deep, like, hey, you might as well just wipe them out, Lord. Like, why are we trying to save them? They're our arch nemesis. They've done a lot of things to us. Like, I'm assuming they assume we know this about right. the character when we come to read this story. Um, and how he rather, mm -mm, I'm go far as I can to Tarshish, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, the storm, God's trying to, you know, get our attention. Hey, like, just throw me in the water. He doesn't know God's going to save him with a well, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And yeah, now, he thinks he's going to die. He's sacrificing himself absolutely. for the people who are on that ship so that they don't die. I don't even think that. I think he'd rather die than do it. And he's yeah. not even thinking about them. They're, think, <laughs> they're, the, they're the heathens. They're like, wait a minute. like He doesn't like them either. He look, just <laughs> he don't even care. I feel like he just doesn't even care about them. He's like, hey, okay, this will stop. Toss me in the water. Like, I think he really just doesn't want to to do it at all. Mm -hmm. Not think. I know we know. But we don't really know yet why he's, like, running so far away from these people. I always see... Um, I, in the past, I always thought he was running from God. I'm like, no, nah, he's running from that assignment. Like, he, he wants nothing to do mm -hmm. <laughs> with rescuing or saving them, even just a little bit. I always felt like the fish was like a punishment. But then when you read the story again, it's like, oh, that's like God's severe grace on his life. Mm -hmm. It was a big mm -hmm. timeout. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's like he God rescued him. You'd yeah. rather die? I'm not going to let you die. And then you see this beautiful poem that he's saying in the midst of 
of being inside this well or fish, big fish, whatever you want to call it, and how he's grateful God didn't give him what he wants. You see this like just gratefulness, like, man, I was in going deep, deep and the waves are crashing over me. And duh, he's he's recognizing this salvation that has come to him that right. he didn't. You know, maybe what I thought I wanted, I didn't really want, you know. So in the beginning, his hatred for these people overpowered his love for God. Mm. And then when he goes into the belly of the whale, of the whale, yeah. he encounters his love for God again and his yeah. gratitude towards God. And just recognize, like, oh, you just saved my life. Like, you know, it doesn't make him want to do this still. Right. It doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't repent for running. Just thank you for saving me. And that's how we get when we get in our pits. Like, I put myself in this situation and you have managed in the most beautiful and severe way have gotten my attention and rescued me. That is so true. It's like we'll Mm -hmm. be running from God, angry at him for what he has told us to do. (laughs) And then when we hit rock bottom and we're desperate and we cry out and he answers us. Then you know we're yep. so thankful. We are full so gratitude. We 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 are in human nature. We can repeat that cycle our entire lives. I have done it a few times. <laughs> Doesn't mean I still want to go do the assignment at all. It means like thank you for being so good to me and saving me from my despair in my pit, you know, and not giving me what I really wanted or, or deserved. I deserved. Yeah. Yep. And so I think about him going. He gives a little one little one little liner. He don't tell them who's gonna destroy them. He does this half-hearted approach because I think he's trying to sabotage it, and the people magically repent. You know, doesn't that's work. So true, doesn't work. Like people don't talk about the ending of that yeah, story. They very don't. Much. Yeah, because he's a he's a douchebag. And again, I said it. <laughs> douchebag. Jonah's a douchebag. He's a douchebag. I'm not editing that. At all. <laughs> And so, like, and then, you know, the, he's mad. He's like, dang, I knew, I knew, like, I knew that you were full of grace, love, everlasting, whatever the, the whole speech is. Just, like, this beautiful, like, he understands his God. He knows who he is, you know? Right. And, and he's mad about it, you know? Yeah. So he, yeah, just for people who don't know this, the end of the story, yeah. I think most people probably know this general story of Jonah, but... At the end, he he tells everyone to repent, right? He goes, he he gets vomited on the beach, yeah. and he's all gross and smelly. But he goes to this um, place, Nineveh, and he tells the people, "Repent, yeah. or in forty days, yep. this whole place is going to be gone, yep. burned to a crisp." Yep. And so he doesn't really expect he, them to repent, so no. he goes up to a cliff at, that's overlooking this town. Yeah, because or like the city. all the people repent. The king hears words and he right. repents. It says the cows repent. Like it's just the like cows. the whole like they're like everybody just gets it. They don't know who is gonna destroy them. He didn't tell them what God he said. They served. don't know who this guy is. They don't even know is. nothing. Like when I say he did the bare minimum, like he wasn't trying to Yeah. No, he was sabotaging. <laughs> and then walked out mad because they did. And God didn't destroy him. Like, man. And waited. Like in case God was gonna change his mind. I feel like he waited, he looking did. at the city, waiting, like, dang, just mad. Um, and that story really rings true for me because it's one of those things where in my own journey, and I'll just be real uh, honest about my journey in this season I've come out of, um, like, I was really hurt by the church during this past year of racial injustice and white Christian response. I'm an African-American, if you might don't know. And I was really hurt and devastated by the response from the white church, you know? And um, just even historically, the response and how we've not had the unity um, to fight for justice for um, black Christians, black people in general, whether you're a Christian or not, anybody who just 
lives here, you know, just the injustice of everything and feeling like we have like full support, you know, right. or even just full comfort. Right. Like <laughs> that's you the thing even... I was going to, I was going to bring up is you did a, um, you did a, a YouTube video on mm-hmm. unity and I loved this analogy you gave because mm-hmm. you know me, I, I, I'm, um, I disagree with a lot of the things like I voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, 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 um, would stand on the side of, police officers a lot of the time and I'm not saying I was always right in doing so but I I would argue my case no matter who I hurt no matter who I hurt and guess what that police officer is not my friend I don't know that person I know you you're my sister you're my friend you're a part of the body of Christ you're part of the church I go to and I love you and I respect you so um in this YouTube video that you were doing you were talking about your mom and you were talking about how she um, died of liver issues and she had alcoholism alcoholism right she had liver issues because she was an alcoholic and you said you, you kind of painted it in this way when your friends comfort you they don't say, oh, your mom deserved to die because she was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not a way any friend in their right mind would ever comfort you. And if they did, they'd get punched in the face, and rightfully so. You know, that's not how you comfort someone yeah. who you yeah. love, you know? So your opinion on what the situation was, yeah. it shouldn't outweigh yeah. the severity of the pain that it's causing someone yeah. who you love. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just the compassion part, you know? Right. Like, right or wrong, just someone's lost you know someone's in pain and it's affecting people you know right and so yeah so that part was pretty devastating for me um and I questioned a lot about my faith I questioned a lot about you know my purpose I was like I don't ever want to be in ministry (laughs) like I don't want to do any of this let me like just go hide and figure out like my career or something you know um, it was, and it was, it wasn't just dev- devastating for me. It was devastating for a lot of people and people are still recouping and trying to recover, um, and fight through it. And so I found myself, <laughs> God kept taking me back to the story of Jonah. And this is like, this is, I know that we can take scripture and these parables and we can, um, you know, change it up a little to make it more relatable to our situation. Right. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, a lot of us Christians, whether whatever um, stance that you feel that the church has gotten wrong, you know, throughout the years, and there's things that the church as a as a whole that we need to like fix and self correct and 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 do better, because people have been getting hurt by church for a long time since the <laughs> church was the church, pretty much. <laughs> All we gotta do is look at just our parents' generation. Like I come from people who like wasn't full no, I didn't grow up in no church home. Like, well, and the reason is, is because the church is full of people who are sinners saved by grace, but still mess up all the time and have a lot of issues, you know, yeah, they're jacked yeah, up. So, yeah. that's, but, but not even just, not even just the individuals, you, you have tr- different tr- traditions that have hurt people and just, um, sometimes a little bit more than just individualistic, you know, offenses that go on. You right. have the culture, f- culture, the structure, how the way we do things, that that just can hurt people, you know, yeah. um, and and you know a lot of the times people don't do these things intentionally, yeah. and they occur without people ever realizing it. Yeah. And when they are brought up, then people get offended because they love people and they mm-hmm. love you, and they see it as you accusing them of yeah. doing something intentionally wrong because of some sort of a yeah. bias or mm-hmm. you know racism yeah. or whatever against you. Like, yeah. but. People but, don't know. Yeah. 
But I mean, like, and so like, I think of, you know, like, okay, am I, am I becoming Jonah? You know, right. I know I'm called to do something here. It has Nineveh, Nineveh's become the body, the church, you know, and which includes every race, every yep. color, every culture. Yep. And so like when we're in this church hurt place, we become like Nineveh, where not we become like Jonah, where that's the enemy. Yes. <laughs> that we, I don't want nothing to do. I'd rather die. I'd rather go as far as away as I can instead right. of being the solution to the problem. Wow, you know? that's good. And so, like, I kept getting faced with that. Like, are you gonna be? Are you gonna be him? Are you burn it all down, Lord? Start to crush it. Start all over. <laughs> the body is trash. Like, do it over. Like, we need a, like we need a new church. But we gotta keep in mind that <laughs> a pastor said something the other day um, that really because. This whole podcast is about mm-hmm. talking about things in the church that people in the church don't really want to talk about. Yeah. So in the process of that, I tend to be a little critical of the church, and I've had to check myself because um, I saw something a pastor posted about how God is protected, protective of his bride. That doesn't mean that I can't fix or work on parts of my own issues that I bring into the church and bring mm-hmm. into the bride of Christ, right? We're all responsible for our own. Whatever we participate mm-hmm. in and partake in, that's our job. What isn't our job is for us to call out the, you know, whatever in our neighbor's eye or our, our, our brother or sister's eye when we have a log in our own. Right, right. You know, so like yeah. when I saw that, it was like, yeah. wow, God's really protective of his bride. When I talk about the bride of Christ, it's like, man, I got to... Talk about it in a way that is unifying and yeah. bringing people together and yeah. not like, you know, bashing everyone and, you know, tearing it down. But then you get another perspective of, of Jesus and how he dealt with the Pharisees and their hypocrisy. Yes, like, Jesus was not nice. I mean, look at me. God, he, when it comes to his church, he always, I feel like he deals more severely with us. There's no, hey, let's be gentle. Like, no, y'all, vipers, yeah. hypocrites. What are you doing? He told Peter to, he called Peter Satan and told him to get behind him. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. The, I don't think my pastor's ever spoken to me that way. But, <laughs> yeah. but there, there is a call for us to take this serious. We represent God here on earth. We we chose this lifestyle. We chose to, to do this, you know? Right. And so there is a call to, to for correction. I think the know? key is trying, for me, me the key is trying to figure out because everyone says choose your battles you know um trying to figure out when and if Mm -hmm. i should stand up and say anything Mm -hmm. about something that i don't think is right Mm -hmm. like that's hard for me because i'm a very emotional person Mm -hmm. and sometimes my emotions disguise itself as the voice of god (laughs) so i have to like Uh he's like oh you want to go to Nineveh? oh you want me to go the other direction right god you want me to go that way Okay, gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. So I just have to be aware of that. And, like, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. In this day and age, it's like everyone is calling people to arms. Yeah. And I don't know what to do half the time. So yeah. It's one of those things where, like you said, you, you got to be healed. You got to be doing your work. You got to be taking that log out of your eyes so that you're coming with the right motives. And so, like, you know, you're faced with, like, you know, are you going to just run away from your assignment and your calling, even though you're called to the church? And and I specifically am talking to, like, you know, 
like people who are called to for leadership in the church who are who are called you know you know when you have a calling on your life because it'll haunt you listen like <laughs> yes. like like you know you felt that passion you felt that calling God has spoken to you and so I've, I know I've always been drawn to those type of people too and so um my message to them is get healed <laughs> right do the work it'll take a long time but like don't don't be the Jonah don't be out here running away and you know angry at the church and just mad and just like do you remember sorry not to interrupt you but i want to ask you a question yeah not to keep bringing up this um youtube video that i watched of yours you should have told me so i could watch it i know i'm fresh in my mind like i know what you're talking about i said i was all probably all up in my feelings i don't know what i said it was so good no it was so good and so relevant um Mm -hmm. So you told, uh, you were talking about how your mom passed away Mm -hmm. and then you're talking about how your sister called you and prepared you for healing um, and for dealing with grief, grief. Mm-hmm. So do you remember some of the things she told you? Yeah, yeah. Because I think this is applicable here wow. with wounded Christians. Yeah. Well, I, you know, her advice was to talk about my mom. You know, if, if if I invited people over, bring up the subject, talk about talk her about her. Don't, like, act like it didn't happen. Yes. Like, yeah. That's and, good. And, and I think that's important in, yeah. in this situation, too. Like, yeah. I think so many Christians get hurt. And they don't want to talk about what hurt them because, A, it might make someone mad. It might hurt someone else's feelings. You know, there's a lot of different reasons. I think it's the opposite, actually. The the part that, um, that when I discovered, I mean, when I did that, took my sister's advice, the first thing I noticed that my friends that came over were, like, very uncomfortable, Right. Like, I oh, yeah. Te- I texted my friend, hey, you want to come over? You want to do it? Yeah, come over. But when you get here, make sure you talk about my mom. Mm-hmm. And that, like, just blew them away. Like, that part was challenging on their end, right. you know? Because that's not what we do when people are hurting or grieving. We don't want to bring it up. You want to distract wanna, them. We want to distract the them. We want right. to keep them happy. We want to talk about happy things. We don't, I don't, we don't know how to walk with people in pain. Mm-hmm. And it's very uncomfortable. And so... During my season, having people come alongside and not be offended, like, and just let me vent and let me talk and just, just didn't, just sought to just hear me, knowing I just needed to get stuff off my chest. It was so healing. When I say that it was so, um, like, like freeing in like the most healthiest kind of way. Right. It was like, oh, you just listen and you ain't offended. Like, you white, you ain't offended. <laughs> like, thank you for not being offended. Like, like, that they didn't take so it personal good. at all, you know, but that they just like, man, this is your pain. I don't know. I haven't experienced this. I don't know what it's like. And I could say something really stupid right now or I could just listen. So many people like I'm included me. OK, mm. including me. Um, some of my friends have told me this, like yeah. when I uh, some of them, like I have a lot. But um, <laughs> one in particular told me she she would call me and she would tell me about her issues, like her yeah. problems, whatever was happening in her life, something yeah. that hurt her feelings or whatever and I would immediately tell her well this is what you need to do and you shouldn't have done this but this is what you can do and you know here's how you fix it Mm -hmm. and she was like you know Tiffany sometimes I just want you to listen and I was like oh you don't want me to just fix your problems for you and tell you what my opinion is on that hey I'm guilty I'm a problem solver just like you so I listen I've had people come out of the woodworks and and talk to me about how bad I hurt them because of that 
Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You hurt people. I've yeah. hurt people. My son told me the same thing. Like he's like, whenever I tell you about a problem I had at school or a confrontation I had with one of my yes. friends, you always tell me what I did wrong. Yeah. You don't ever comfort me or, you know, take my side immediately. You're looking for, even if they were wrong 99%, you're always looking for that 1% that I did wrong and I could improve. And I've had to really check myself. And that's not to say, like, you can't ever, um, you know, help your friend. Iron sharpens iron. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about how flattery is hateful Mm -hmm. when you when you flatter someone but there's a time and there's a season for everything and when 90 percent of our interactions with our friends who are hurt by something is to criticize them yeah that's not healthy it's not healthy at all and it is it doesn't help and then you can just see if we look at just (laughs) history it hasn't helped at all right past 30 40 decades like the response of christians to you know yeah, I think that people, um, like when some, what, like for instance, my husband always makes fun of me because he says that he can't be mad at me without me being mad at him, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like if he's mad at me for anything, mm-hmm. if I was happy 10 seconds ago, if I know he's annoyed at me for something, I'm immediately angry at him for being, and how dare him be mad at me for something. So, and that that's how we, we act as Christians sometimes. Like, yeah. you know, they're mad at me for something or not even me. They're mad at how white Christians act. How dare they? That means they don't like me. I don't like them. Like, listen, hey, it's guilt by association. It's yeah. crazy how the devil just sneaks in like that. And, you know, it don't even be like individualistic. You'd be like as a whole, like, oh, you're just guilty by association. Like, Well, you can even choose to be offended or not. Like there's a moment when you find out that someone is offended at maybe you or a group of views, uh-huh. you know, if you find that out, you can be offended. But if you're offended, you're not thinking about the other person you're not thinking in love you're thinking about yourself yeah you know but i think uh, when when we get into um like the mental health aspect of it you know like that's a whole journey in itself like walking through any type of relational trauma or i don't know whatever you want to call it these these um events that happen in our life that are like a big deal that that takes us out of our normal routine you know is right. a sign that okay this is a very traumatic experience for that person it's not just a regular offense or i'm just mad or an insulted you know it's a little bit deeper than that and it takes a little bit more um patience and time yeah because uh, we like to throw that jesus blanket and jesus ain't a blanket it says he's a banner he's our hope for the future we look mm-hmm. to him for a better future of what he's going to do and how he's going to change things when his kingdom finally comes you know like right he's we like to be like you know in our little christian and put a christian blanket like oh i'm well and we ain't dealt with no feelings we we are the masters at suppression and we don't want to deal because anything that feels ungood must mean like i'm not living in god's glory and peace and joy and fruits of the spirit like right but he's also the goldsmith so if we're the gold and he's the goldsmith he's lighting that fire under us you know and it's uncomfortable it's yeah he's always the right place it's supposed to be uncomfortable it's it's we are always challenged to um, do what God calls us to as Christians because we live by a standard. That's that's the difference that you find out in this world. Doesn't matter um, who's offended or where they're, what people group is offended or where they are in the world. But believers, like 
we are constantly challenged with the word. We're constantly challenged. Like, okay, that's the mark I'm supposed to be hitting. So I should be striving towards that. Not just sitting over here wallowing because we've chosen to live at this higher standard of life, you know? And it may take a little bit longer to get there, but as long as that's your goal of healing and getting to, okay, this is what I'm called to do. So it does suck. That's the killing of the flesh, the dying. Doesn't It doesn't change your emotions about how you feel. (laughs) You know, your emotions, you can feel like, oh, I like these people or I don't. It's not a requirement. It's about our actions and what we do. And it's about, yeah, yeah our actions and what we do. Yeah. Not everyone else around you and things yeah. you can't control. That's one thing that they teach you in uh, sobriety meetings is mm-hmm. you have to focus on the one person that you can control and let go of the rest. Yeah. You know, Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but I came to bring a sword. Sometimes mean Christians like to use that, yeah, sword. I'm going to use a sword against you and bash you and, you know, try to change you with the sword. But really that sword is for God to use Mm -hmm. on you, piercing Mm -hmm. through your heart and your soul and figuring out like the surgeon, you're the patient, figuring out what in your heart needs to be removed. Not you trying to figure out what in everyone else's heart needs to be removed, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think that's probably part of you know, Jonah was called not to himself to repent, although he ended up having to repent in the process of going to the Ninevites and having them repent. Well, he didn't repent at all. Yeah. He never he never turned changed his heart at all. And the story ends off like God's like, hey, you rather me you're mad, you're mad about the plant and not about the hundred and twenty thousand souls, you know? You're not happy about those people that you, you know just like see. You want me to care more about that than this? Like, where's the... And he leaves them in. He leaves them to himself. He doesn't change his mind, doesn't require anything. But it's also a beautiful picture of, like, man, God is committed to us. Right. He's He's, even stayed with Jonah during that time. Yep. He's he's still just committed to us. He could have been like, Jonah is trash. Let me find another prophet. (laughs) Who else is out here? Like... Even in our worst state, even in the church's worst state, he's still committed to us. Right. And so even the people of Nineveh, this wicked, evil city and how barbaric and horrible they were, you know, he was still committed to them. Let me give them a chance. Like, man, they're causing so much havoc on this earth and these people like, let me let me give them a chance, you know, before I destroy them, because he's committed to human beings, you know. And so I love that about God because it also is a reflection like, dude, like, am I going to be mad at the church? Because once, look, all you got to do is repent. All It takes little effort for us to just be like, you know what, turn our from our wicked ways, you know. Mm-hmm. And God is like, oh, okay. Like, like then we're like over here mad, like, look what God is doing over there. Do you want to be like that at the end? Right. You know? Oh, so, so people who yeah. don't know how that story ends, it doesn't really end. Like, no, it it's one of those like movies that you watch and you're like, no, it can't mm-hmm. end like that. Mm-hmm. So he sits on top of this cliff yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, but this um, plant while he's sitting there, God causes this plant to grow up and give yeah. him shade From while like he a, sits there waiting yep. for God to destroy the people who just repented. But God <laughs> never does that. So he just sits there until this plant withers and dies. And then when this plant withers and dies, Jonah is just distraught. Yep. He's, he's devastated. Like, he's, again, kill me now. Right. Just kill me right now. Right. Yep. And that's how it ends. That's yep. the end and of God, the story of Jonah. <laughs> yeah. God like, hey, you mad about that? But you wasn't mad about those people that are about to die? Right. And it literally just leaves you like cliffhanger just to think like, dang, because it's meant for us to reflect like, dang, what are we like? 
I think that too, it makes you realize like what I think is just and right and so worth fighting for mm. may not be anything to, to God may just be like a plant that's growing and it's, you know, withered away. And that's not the important thing. The important thing is people. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing. That's God's heart. And if we can't align our heart with God's heart, we're always going to be Jonah running from his purpose. Yep. Running from our purpose and mad. (laughs) Mad. Just not a not a good person. <laughs> yeah. Justifying, I'm sure Jonah spent so much time justifying to God why he was so right and Listen, God was so wrong. Yeah, yeah, or just yeah, just mad about how God wants to be gracious and loving, and how he he actually cares about people. Another thing I think is interesting, and I don't know if you can relate to this at all, but um, in this story, Jonah is called to people who he doesn't like. Mm. I think a lot of times God calls us to people who maybe we can't relate to. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have resistance in your heart because they hurt you or they hurt your family or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they are your family and they've hurt you growing up or whatever. And you're called to be a light to them, to show love to them. I think anybody can become somebody we don't like. Right. It takes one opinion. It takes one One doing doing you wrong, doing your friend wrong. Anybody could be can be that. And I think that because it's human nature to just be a sucky human being at times, um, that um, we're, I think we're just called to everyone. Yeah. We're called to be a light to everyone, you yeah. know? Um, we're called to, like, have good, healthy boundaries with people, you know? Like, you don't got to intentionally put yourself in abusive situations. Right. Like, people out here out to really, good. <laughs> out to really get you. Like, well, I'm just going to sit here and let them just take it. Ah, no. Right. I don't think he, like, we ain't, I didn't know Daniels and the Lions didn't sit you. Like, we don't have to. You know, you can leave and have good boundaries. And, like, you know what? If that's not for me, it's not for me. But um, I think being consistent with everybody, whether they're believers or not, you know, is what God really calls us to, you know. So it's not always this like, oh, you know, he's going to put you with the people you don't like to teach you a lesson. <laughs> the lesson is everyone. Right. I'm sure Jonah probably had other assignments to tell other people to repent. This is just the one that stuck out. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, because I think that we try, we over-spiritualize our purpose at sometimes, you know. Right. We overthinking like, okay, it's like this minute niche. And I think there's unique opportunities that God brings that are so specific um, that come along but on the journey you know and there's a time frame for that and then it's just it's reassigned somewhere else but I think we sometimes try to like make everything super purposeful right <laughs> when I just being called to be Christians is, is enough purpose. That's good. In it. I guess I mentioned that because when we're talking about like your experience with yeah. being the Jonah in your own story, running from God uh, or the purpose that God has given you, running from Nineveh. Like, yeah. So I guess I asked that question because when this all happened, I'm yeah. familiar with the events of 2020, you yeah. know, and all of the division that was sown in the yeah. church, even mm-hmm. it, I mean, I say even, but really, yeah. especially, yeah. um, because that's where we all come together. Yeah. Um, but so what is your Nineveh in that situation? Who is your Nineveh? Oh, the Nineveh was the church as a whole. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the failures and the disappointments right. of the, the whole body of Christ, you know? Right. Um, is what what I was running from. Like, oh, I'm called to ministry, which means I'm called to do something specifically in the church, you know. Um, I don't want nothing to do with it. Right. <laughs> I struggled, like, big time. Like, ugh, I can't. It sucks. Like, right. and I think 
the beautiful thing is, what is it, in October, last month, we just, uh, there was the, um, who is it? Is it Martin Luther? The... The guy Reformation, the, yes, yeah, the thesis yeah. or whatever. I don't know the details of all of that, but how he started the Reformation, mm-hmm. you know. I believe that we are in a Reformation season of the church, another shift that needs to take place. Like, for us to look and see, like, man, there's some things we're not doing right. You know, it's time for us to, to shake it up and to change. Whereas our previous generation, they wasn't so into change, you know? Right. Our generation, we're like, hey, opportunity for change. Like, we believe we can change some things. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we um, maybe we have the heart of flexibility or we feel like, I don't know, things could be better in this in the body, you well, know? Well, that's one thing about yeah. experiencing hurt in the church. If you've experienced hurt yeah. in the church, then you recognize the places where it needs to change. Yeah. And you can do that. You can proceed yeah. with making those changes unless you run away and never come back. That and that's the that and that is the moral of my story, girl. That is the moral. <laughs> that is the you got to the butter of the story. I'm good at butter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that is. I always think of of people. I'm sure you've met people who ran away from the church. You oh know? yeah, mm-hmm. amazing people. People were you know we were like oh my god they're gonna do amazing things and then right. they leave and then never come back. And part of me feels like there's always kind of been this resolve where it's like whatever they saw, whatever they were a part of, that um, that wasn't the good part that probably needed to change. It probably felt like it was too big of a thing to tackle, you know? Yeah. Felt like, man, this is too big. This is never going to change. This is never. So they just tap all the way out, and then they just go and live a quiet life. I think people outside. get impatient with small change too. Like mm-hmm. the change that one person can make. This is this is for me. Like mm-hmm. there were times where I didn't want to do anything because the only people I was helping was like maybe one person here, one mm-hmm. person there. Not like when you're when I was growing up, the church culture I went to is was uh, you're going to change the world. Mm-hmm. You're going to be this great person and reach multitudes and change yeah. everyone and you know, you have this picture of yourself preaching to thousands of people. So when you are sitting in a room with three people who desperately need to hear God's word, mm-hmm. a lot of times you can look down on that and that'll be your Nineveh, you know, <laughs> like, like, because you're not making this huge impact, like, yeah. is this worth my time? Yes. Mm-hmm. One person is worth your whole life. Yeah. You know, if you could just reach one person mm-hmm. and if all Jesus was dying for was for me or for you, he would still do it because he knows the value of one human soul. And I think that instead of greatness, mm-hmm. we should be craving people the lost yeah. you know and mine's just the opposite <laughs> again <laughs> give me the one person i stay in the back in the corner and, and bring them to my house i don't want to be out there like that like, yeah but you it's weird because that might be what you want but that's not when you step out what happens when you step out a little bit and you start doing ministry what happens people's lives change and you end up on a stage <laughs> for you specifically like i know you don't try for the spotlight but you get it because God has an anointing on your life. Yeah. So, um, you know, don't be Jonah anymore. <laughs> don't. don't Stop running. I know you're getting ready to move and that has nothing to do with being Jonah, but wherever you are going, Nineveh will find you there too. Trust me. <laughs> Listen, I, I stopped running, you know, and I fought for my healing and I fought for, you know, just like, you know, just to even get back to like, okay dreaming again with yeah. God, you know, and that's a big deal, you know, it is. and it sucks for a person like me. I'm so used to, um, 
um, quick transformation, quick change. And the healing journey is not quick. It's not. And it takes way too long. And, and when you think sucks. it's done, you have to do it again. <laughs> Yeah. But hopefully the next time it happens, you learn some healthy habits and healthy pad things to, to do the right way the next time. <laughs> and I like, um, I man, I wish I would have written down what you had said that your sister said. I know talking about it was one of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, another one was don't isolate. Oh, Be around good. people. Oh, like, yes. Yep. Because um, yep. that's what you're going to want to do is isolate yourself, but you need to make sure you're yeah. around people. And that's uncomfortable, too. Listen, you know what's so funny and I don't know if this is like common for anybody who goes through church hurt and have a grieving period. Is that normal? Is that the normal thing? Because I know I went through grieving. I don't know if that's the normal process I think for it's everybody. normal. I don't think everyone realizes they do it. But they, don't, they may not realize that they're grieving. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Because I literally followed all of those steps in my season, you know? Right. And didn't even re- I knew I was grieving, but I didn't realize that... Um, I had actually followed those steps, you know? Right. Crazy. Well, I think that we have got um, enough content for your next book. So and I expect I that. Know <laughs> but yeah, you know, and even even though this is about purpose and all of us and us coming back to our purpose, it's still not a clear picture to me, you know? Oh, yeah. It's... I'm, I'm not sitting here like, oh, I know what I'm called to do and didn't. Not even close. Well, we read these stories in the Bible, and it's all so clear because you see the the whole story we from you know, beginning to end. Exactly. But when we're in the story, you don't know what's going to happen. Like Jonah, when he got out of the boat, like he didn't know that he was going to end up in Nineveh anyways. Like he, he thought yeah. he, that was it. He would rather die, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, when we think one thing's in front of us and that's what's going to happen, God takes us for a spin and, to, oh, yeah. you know, shows us what, what's really up. Yeah, and I'm so glad that God didn't leave me there, you know, didn't leave me in the place where I just wanted to distance myself and disassociate and not have anything to do. Like, thank you, God, for not letting me get what I want. (laughs) And I think that your attitude is what made that possible. Like, Mm -hmm. if you would have never come around to that attitude of gratitude and just thanking God for being who he is and there for you, Mm -hmm. then maybe you would not have gotten out of the belly of the whale. Like, I know from from my own circumstances and mm-hmm. situations like the moment that that broke those chains off of my life was when I did start praising God just like mm-hmm. in the Bible you know once you start to worship God and really thank him for all that he has done in your life that's when all, the depression breaks off that's when the clarity comes in that's when the freedom comes yeah well mine was a little bit different <laughs> like dude I don't trust you I don't trust your people like um we need to have a conversation They're yours really <laughs> get your people lord yeah, yeah. well no, sometimes I went to, I I went to therapy I do. It wasn't just this simple like, oh, I'm reading my Bible. Like nothing is changing. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm doing all the things. Let me go to therapy. Let me go to therapy. And you did what? You talked about it, right? Yeah. Just like you said, that's part of your healing. Yeah. No. Yeah. But also, well, when my my depression, like my really bad depression, I feel like God miraculously healed that. You know, that's just woke awesome. up and it was like that dark cloud was over. I was like, because it was like when I was like, okay, Lord, if I'm having trust issues, then you just gonna have to like, I'm not about to like jump through ten thousand hoops for you to to heal me from this. If you're good, you're just gonna do it because I'm not about to be like, well, I prayed seven days and but I fasted for it. I'm like, <laughs> why? I'm, there's no ritual. There's no right. like like no rule book. Like, hey, this is what you do to get better 
the only thing that's required is trust. Trust God. Put you, continue to focus on putting your trust in him and, and trusting him with your life. Trusting him with the outcome of all of this. you got to get back to that place. Right. If you don't trust him, you don't trust him what he's doing on this earth. And that's a, that's a hopeless place place to be yeah absolutely and trusting god is not the same as trusting people like when you trust god you're going to be around people who are maybe untrustworthy and maybe they will end up hurting you like that's something i had to learn when i got married was that people are people and Mm -hmm. i could not be married to my husband expecting him to never hurt me Mm -hmm. expecting like you know my big huge uh fear in my mind was him cheating on me and Mm -hmm. he's very faithful he's never cheated on me but my mind was i would not survive it if he cheated on me like Mm -hmm. i would not survive it like i would just die or something Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) and god like that's why i was so scared about being in a relationship with him going through his phone like i was that crazy wife that was me um but god had to show me it's like he had to take me down that road of what ifs what if he did what if he just left Mm -hmm. am i still god am i still am i still there for you am i Mm -hmm. am i your healer do you really believe that are you you just saying it yeah do you really trust do you trust me in this situation with your marriage did you trust what i just brought together what i'm what i've done like put your trust in god not in man yeah because trust is not required it really ain't like hey i'm called to love you and if you need something but trust you is not a requirement. Right. <laughs> that is earned. And Jesus loved people knowing that those same mm-hmm. people he was healing, those same people he was loving were going to oh, be yes. spitting in his face and mm-hmm. throwing stuff at him. And it didn't stop him. Nope. Nope. He had a mission. And so we can be like Jesus or Jonah. Pick one. Jesus. <laughs> we can, look at Jesus. <laughs> he rose from the dead at the end. So because it like and, and at the end of the day, some kind of way God is gonna use you. Do you wanna go fighting screaming or just wanna give in and enjoy it? You know, enjoy what he's doing. <laughs> Easier said than done, but I'm sure I'll go back and listen to this podcast many times. Um, But yeah, so yeah. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being here. Like, I having me. It was so fun, and I'm sad that you're leaving because Mm -hmm. I want to have you on more episodes. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I will see you again. Well, I won't see you, but you know, you'll hear from me again in two weeks on the Brazen Truth. You guys have a great weekend and stay safe. Bye.